0: And this is a regular thing. Starting right now, the premiere, the debut, the kickoff, and it is on KDKA. Jamal, I'm delighted to have a chance to work with you. I, I've known you for a long time. We've talked hoops forever. We've talked news mm-hmm. for a long time. But now we're going to start tackling things that really, really Absolutely,
1: matter. Absolutely, man. I am so blessed and excited yeah. to be here.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a, a really interesting. And I think we're coming at this uh, situation. And and when we say the city beat, we mean the city, mm-hmm. city of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about Fox Channel. I'm not talking about Mount Lebanon. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about Washington. I'm talking about the city of Pittsburgh and the issues that are going on there because they're different than suburbia. They're different than Butler County. They're different than West Virginia. They're different than Ohio. Mm -hmm. So we're focusing on that. That's our focus for the next hour. Every Wednesday, four until five, we do this. You know, I grew up in Mercer County. So I grew up in rural part of Western Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. an hour away from Pittsburgh, went to school in Ohio, got married a month after college, been married to the same woman for 33 years years Mm -hmm. we've got three kids but I've lived in Ohio Michigan North Carolina back to Ohio worked in West Virginia so that I've been all over the place but it has been primarily a suburban white neighborhood where I live plain mm-hmm. and simple some were more rural than others we've been in Raleigh North Carolina we've been in Charleston Huntington West Virginia we've been in Ann Arbor I mean, we've been in some some bigger places we've been in some smaller towns Pittsburgh since 2009 but my background is way different than yours mm-hmm. so help people understand where you're coming yeah, so from I'm, where from, you came I'm
1: from, from the Washington DC area you know but when I moved to Pittsburgh straight out of out of high school uh, i went to college but pretty much moved to the hill district and you know seeing and experiencing so many different things guns drugs killings shootings stabbings seeing seeing it all you know you really get numb to it you know at first it's a it's a it's a shock right but then you become so numb to it that when you see someone and you see your your close friends die you see them get shot and killed at first it's a shock and then it happens so many times you just become numb to it and then you start to feel what everyone else feels, you know, you start to feel like life doesn't matter as much. And I've, and I've been through so many stages in life where I, I, I've, you know, lost a brother right in front of me, lost another brother in front of me as well. And then you just become numb and, and, and you start to really dig deep in your emotions and then you just become emotionless. Right. First, you, you hate everyone. You start questioning God. You start questioning your life. Mm-hmm. But then you become so detached from reality and so, you know, so cold hearted. And, and, and I've been that way for so long. And so whenever I'm seeing so many things happen, some, so many violent things happen and kids are affected by it, you start feeling like them. You start I start empathizing with them. You know, so when I listen to Marty Griffin show and your show and even when I was on KDK before and we were talking about stuff like this and I hear people calling in like, just lock them up, put them in jail. Oh, we need parents. We need this. We need that. You really don't understand what people go through Mm. to be able to make judgments and, and, and to be able to even form a solution when you've never really even been a part of it.
0: So why did you go to the hill? Why do I mean there were tons of places you could have gone to Pittsburgh, why did you end up sleeping on people's couches in the hill? My
1: my best friend, my uh, Mark Brown, who passed away, but my best friend Mark Brown, that's where he was from and I just started staying staying there from when I was 18 years old, and right. that's just where I gravitated to. Right. You know, and then you know, my closest friends are from there. So you
0: have done so much to help kids and mentor kids. You're mm-hmm. a varsity basketball coach at Baldwin for the girls team. You do a lot with AAU hoops, and so you're you're talking to kids in a way that they understand, and mm-hmm. you know which shoes are good and which shoes. I mean, right, then, right. then there's a whole part of that. But <laughs> you sat down with a young person who you've mentored. And I want to start with this. Can can you set this absolutely, up absolutely? Yeah. Let
1: me set it up. So, uh, Divine Johnson, such a great kid. I met him a year ago. When I first met him, you know, he was on house arrest, had a house, uh, had an ankle monitor on, and he's always telling me no one ever ever given him a chance. No one really cared. And I was like, "What well, what did you get caught with?" And he was like, "I got caught with a gun." You know, I, I said, "Why did you have a gun?" He said, "It was for protection. It wasn't to use on on anyone. It was because I was scared for my life." and so i sat down with him for you know about 20 minutes so That's divine
0: is a young guy who you have mentored is yeah. a guy you coached i mean how yeah did you so I,
1: you know i started i mentor a lot of kids you know i think you mentioned that early in the segment i mentor a lot of kids divine was one of them and hearing his story you know he lives with 15 people in his house and he's sometimes you know all the responsibilities fall on Say his that shoulders again.
0: Say, well, was, he lives with how many people <laughs> 15 in his house
1: people in his house in a five-bedroom house and you know he always says all related unrelated do you all related and unrelated you know like you know when you're when your cousin isn't really your cousin but it's your cousin you know if that made sense but you know 15 people living in his house right that seems absurd but that just seems normal like i'm like yeah that sounds about right i i can tell you so many people who are in that exact same situation exact same situation you know living with uncles and you know grandparents and mothers and fathers and step parents and cousins i mean that's just that's right. just normal nine people in a three bedroom is not abnormal at all
0: i don't want this to sound crass but people are going to say well where's his mom where's his dad
1: mm-hmm. where's yeah. his mom where's his dad his, his dad is actually uh doing 45 years in the penitentiary right uh, for being a and drug... his
0: mom has spent time in jail his as well spent, yeah. as she was a runner for what he was doing
1: absolutely right? yeah and, and you know she's she's doing as much as she can right now she's a great mother you know right. she wasn't in his life for for 10 years you know for for more than half of his life but she's you know doing a great job from what you know for what she can right now trying to
0: step in all right mm-hmm. we're going to get that audio to you right now we're going to go ahead and jump to traffic however from the pj fitzpatrick home improvement traffic center it's kdk triple a traffic powered by bowser chevrolet your pittsburgh chevy headquarters along with jamal woodson i'm rick dayton this is the city beat Rick Dayton, Jamal Woodson talking about the issues that are going on. And we're talking about this young man named Divine. And as we were during that commercial break, the point that you made is this is not a unicorn. This is not just one kid Mm -hmm. who's dealing with 16 people living in this five bedroom and wondering about what's going on in his life. This could be the story told. In Wilkinsburg, at Woodland Hills, at Taylor Alderdice, mm-hmm. at go right on down through the list. It is time after time. It's not a once and only one and done.
1: Yeah, his situation seems crazy, right? If you're listening and you've never been a part of it, never don't know any one of these situations, you're like, wow, this is so crazy. I feel so bad for Divine. When I look at it like, Divine is one of many. Yeah. You're right. He's not a unicorn. This is not a unicorn situation. Divine is one of so many. And when you're looking at the negative things that go on, not just all over society specifically, but more specifically in Pittsburgh, you have to understand that this is normal. You know, like this is what kids are going through. So you're not going to see positive things that come out of this situation without any help. So where's the help come from? Who
0: helps? I mean, I know you're stepping in. Mm-hmm. You're not paid to step in. Mm-hmm. You're not a county social worker. You're not mm-hmm. somebody who works in the school district. You are a guy who's working, selling advertising for Whammo and mm-hmm. coaching basketball mm-hmm. and getting paid for those things, and mm-hmm. the rest is just because it's you.
1: So, you know, it starts with someone like me, right? But my, my one of my, and I have a few, one of my big solutions, every hood has somebody who everyone used to look up to changed his life every hood has that person right no one talks about who got out who got out okay but but but, but it's still associated you know so so there's still a big association right but no one talks about that person you know even if that person is just a nine to five person right but completely changed his life that person and those people who were once idolized but changed their life around those are the people that we need to empower those are the people that we need to to help spread the love and spread the word you know i i, I go in and and i'm with right now currently mentoring between 15 and 20 kids right those kids love me you know it, it was so so great going into this i was at a tattoo shop and one of them came in and someone said who is this and they were like oh that's my dad you know they were so What's proud what the kids oh absolutely and i've only known them 6 months You know, you know, and people like me, but like more so people from the Hill District and Homewood and Hazelwood, people who aren't involved in those, in that lifestyle anymore. It would be so great to give them money to start having people follow him, to start having someone like him be a part of everyone else's life. So that person I'm talking about, right? Makes, makes, let's say $50,000 at a standard job, right? How great would it be? To take him out of his current job of his nine to five and make this his only job is to take care of kids, is to help is to help be a mentor to these kids. You know, how great would that be? But to take a whole lot of people who are in that same situation and do that. But we don't do that. And that that to me is the absolute answer. You know, we have a situation down down Louisiana. We were talking about earlier Mm. down Louisiana. 16 people were arrested within three days. So what happened? In a school. In a school. In three days. The 16-year-old girl told her dad, I'm scared to go to school. So he called up 19 different fathers. 20 fathers going to school the next week. And they said, we're going to patrol the school. We're going to be in the classrooms. And you know what happened? Police thought there there wasn't much of a police presence needed anymore you know what happened violence went from 100 to zero they had zero cases why of violence why why did it stop people respect fathers you don't see they not you don't see father figures anymore even though some of the kids that i deal with they're not my children they look up to me like i'm a father they never had because fathers their fathers are not present in their lives yeah. so how great would it be you know if we had that same thing here happen in pittsburgh you know, we take fathers who take over Woodland Hills, fathers who take over bad school districts. Can
0: it be an uncle? Can it be a grandfather? I mean, it does it be have him. to?
1: Be, I mean, can it be me? It, it, listen, it, well, you so I'm going to say? say, I'm going to say, not you. And this is why because they they need people who look like them. Okay. They need people that they can relate to. Right. You know, if you take for example someone like me, I can sit and have an intellectual conversation with you, but I could sit down with a 15-year-old and talk about what's going on with NBA young boy, and I could right. sit there and talk about the newest Jordans that come out. You know, right. they need people that they can relate to. Right. Somebody that they can associate with themselves with and see like, "Oh wait, that could be me." You know, and and with all due respect, they're not going to look at you and say, "Oh, I could be Rick Dayton because you just don't look like them." Right. You know. Right. And 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 to me, that's the biggest change.
0: So, if we are going to make these changes, we've got to think differently about what the problem is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's what I hear you saying.
1: Absolutely. Right. Right. So, if, if we're focused on what these kids are going through, if we if we focus on, um. The the heartless kids and and maybe try to envision and have empathy and put yourself in their shoes. Like, you know, one of the things Divine says, he said, he says, what would you do if you were in my shoes? Could you even imagine yourself in my shoes, living with 16 people hungry for food, not knowing where food's going to come from? And he's the breadwinner. And he's the breadwinner. And he's 18. and He right. works at Chipotle
0: you know and it's just now finishing up his schooling requirements. Yeah. Jamal Woodson, Rick Dayton, City Beat. We got so much more to talk about and we're only just getting started. Cannot wait to continue our discussion. What do you like about the City Beat?
1: Oh, I love it, man. It's real conversations that you know, we don't get to we don't get to talk about, you know. I've, I've already been getting hit up on social media like crazy like, "Wow, I haven't heard this on KDKA before. Let's keep it going."
0: And we're going to do that. City Beat continues after this on KDKA. Talking about issues that really matter. I'm Rick Dayton.
1: And I'm Jamal Woodson. This is the City Beat. (laughs) I'd I'd like to talk about this interview that we have. So it it was great. So one of the things that I really love is that the kids that I mentor and and talk with regularly are so open and and transparent. Mm -hmm. You know, they love talking about their situations to someone who actually cares. You know, and and that is not in the same situation as they are in, right? So they don't even talk about their situations to their friends because all their friends are going through the same thing. So you know, why even talk yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, me too. It's just yeah. normal. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. me too. Yeah, I know you couldn't sleep. Yeah, you don't have any food. Yeah, yeah me neither. Yeah, your electricity shut off. Yeah, me too. You know. Right. So. Hey, hey, if you wouldn't mind, play play the interview I did with Devine so, so everyone else can hear How it. How
0: old is he? First of all, set he, that up. He
1: just turned 18 years old. 18 and that's very old. important when you hear him talk. He's and lives 18. here in the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, he lives in Swissville.
0: Got it. Here we go. All
2: right, my name is Devine Johnson. I'm here to speak about poverty, you know, kids in my area. A little over a year ago, I got caught with a firearm for protection reasons, you know, because kids like me, we, use, we, we hold on to things like that for protection reasons because we don't know what – what's going to happen in in our day-to-day life it's it's rough out here seeing people get shot seeing dead bodies on the ground i know how it get. that's that was definitely every day out there crackheads walking up and down the street sleeping outside in front of your steps that's that's normal it's crazy because if if the people from outside of where we're at saw that they'd have thought it was new us we see that every day it's regular imagine y'all going through that imagine wearing these shoes as an 18 year old like these is hard to wear and I it's just hard, like we we barely eat, we barely it's hard to sleep. We I got like sixteen people that live in this house and it's only like a five bedroom.
0: I don't even know where to start mm-hmm. because when you played that for me yesterday after doing the interview with Divine, it it just it's a it's a punch in the gut mm-hmm. because There are so many things that I can't wrap my head Mm -hmm. around.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I've done a lot of stories in the city. I've done a lot of stories with some tough characters. And at the same time, that doesn't mean that I can begin to understand what they're going through. Right. You can hear them. Mm -hmm. You can listen to them. You can give them an opportunity to talk. But it doesn't mean that I've walked in his shoes. Right. I want you to talk about that section where he says these shoes it's hard to wear these shoes mm-hmm. so why that's a huge deal
1: it really to is. these kids and, and it's a big deal for those of you who couldn't you know you can't see but I I would love you for you to check it out it's right on KDKA's Instagram page please check it out the the full interviews on there um, but he's wearing dirty Air Force uh, black Air Force ones. Dirty black Air Force Ones, and why Which is, is that a is a big Nike deal?
0: shoe, and yeah. again, it's a basketball shoe, and, mm-hmm. and shoes mean
1: something mm-hmm. to kids in the neighborhoods. Yeah. They do. He points out um, to me a bunch of times, look how dirty my shoes are. Look how dirty my shoes are. The biggest trend right now with any teenager of any race are tennis shoes. Making sure you have the latest Jordans, making sure you have, you know, the hottest shoes out. That that's what it is. And, and if you, you don't, an
0: Adidas, it better be a Yeezy, right? Yes. It's not just any Adidas <laughs> right, shoe. It's right. got to it, be it got to be the hottest thing. Right.
1: Otherwise you are looked at as less than nothing. And that's why, you know, he's saying, look at my shoes. Like, you know, this is this is all I can afford right now. I don't I don't have the luxury of wearing, you know, something better than this. And then Does it
0: matter that they're black as opposed to white or that it's or Yeah, does, it does that say that it's the wrong model so, it's so too old, etc.
1: Yeah, what other what people also don't realize is people wear black Air Force Ones when they're gonna stick up somebody, so you're also looked at as that. You know, people wear all black when you're st- when you're robbing somebody. So you know, like black Air Force Ones is just something that people just don't wear anymore. You right. know, and like when you do see them, you associate them with you know as a par- something negative, right. and that's something like the average person wouldn't even think about. You know, but when I see someone with black Air Force Ones, I'm like, oh, who are you robbing? You know, right. who are you about to stick up? Or, you know, why don't you have some clean A1s on? Now that, that's very big, you know. Uh, so. The fact that he speaks so openly and candidly about his situation just shows he just wants to share his story because he wants someone to care. He wants someone to feel his pain. You know, he says in the interview, what do you, what would you do if you were in my shoes? And Rick, I want to ask you, like, can you imagine being in his shoes?
0: Well, see, here's the thing. If I were in his shoes, there's 50 people I could talk to growing up where Mm -hmm. I grew up, Mm -hmm. right? Growing up in Grove City, Mm -hmm. way different than growing up in Mm Swissvale. And there were people at church I could talk to. Mm -hmm. There were people who my parents, friends. There were people who were neighbors down the street. Mm -hmm. There were, I mean, it was plain and simple that, you know, if I did something wrong at school, my parents knew before I got off the bus that night. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. Because they knew the teachers and my teachers knew my parents. Mm -hmm. Phone call, done. And you know what? There was no jury trial at the dinner table that night. I Mm -hmm. was guilty because my teacher said that I was, but that was the relationship that my parents had with other educators, right? Mm -hmm. The same thing. If I needed, you know, if I needed to borrow money from somebody because I'd left my wallet at school and I didn't have enough money to buy my, my lunch tickets for that week, I could have walked up to, to anybody and mm-hmm. said, hey, I need five bucks for my lunch. This week. No problem. Here you right. go. You're paying back the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the small bubble. And we talked about it. Grove City was a bubble. We didn't have problems. We didn't have issues. Right. We didn't have to deal with those. Ki- we thought we did. We didn't have those kind of issues. Right.
1: And one thing I want to point out this isn't this isn't a conversation that we're having to make anyone feel bad. it's it's a conversation to have people open up their eyes and realize these these situations happen right in front of your face. these the, the people you see on a daily basis are going through these things they just don't talk about them. you know because
0: how hard was it for him to talk about this? It
1: was it, it wasn't hard for him at all. He, he's he's very open and, and you'll see a lot of people. That once you're close with them, once you're in their circle, yeah. they'll talk about it. But if you're not in their circle, they won't open up. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. No problems.
0: That hard outer shell comes up. Absolutely. It's a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. I'm good.
1: I got I'm it. I'm good. Need some money? No, I'm fine. You know, I don't need anyone to do anything for me. But as soon as you become close with them, as soon as they, they learn to trust you is when their heart opens up, is, is when they feel like their trust, they've never had that before. So they're willing to share anything with you because they know you care. Even if you can't financially do something for them, just listening to him, listening to his stories means so much, means means a lot to people like him.
0: And that's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing The City Beat each and every Wednesday from 4 until 5. He's Jamal Woodson. I'm Rick Dayton. Rick Dayton on your radio, the city beat with Jamal Woodson and Jamal. As we go through reflecting on this young guy, I can't help, but I mean it. Just it makes my heart hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, 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 it's not a, a hurt of of guilt. It's not a, a hurt. Of, it's 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 genuine sadness. Yeah, that this exists twenty five minutes from my house, and. There, there's part of me who admits that you know what I don't want to think about the fact that this is going on.
1: Right, right, right.
0: I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I've covered it since 2009 in this city. I know that it's there. But when I get from Green Tree back to my house, I'm just back into my work. How how do I change that? How do how do I?
1: Stop ignoring that. Right. So I, I think I think you just did the first step was just acknowledging it. You know the acknowledgement and not just brushing it off. Not just saying, oh, someone like him, if he has a gun, he needs to go to jail. That's that that. The story line... you told me about <laughs> the young guy carrying a gun, and you yeah.
0: said, I can't be around you. Mm-hmm. You got to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. You can't have. And his answer to you was what?
1: So I, I, I another kid. I said, hey, do you carry a gun? He said, "Yeah, he's only 17." I said, "You know, you can get to be tried as an adult and do five years in jail." And he said, "Mr. Jamal, I would rather do five years in jail than be dead." Two days later, I kid you not, two days later, Rick, he was walking out of walking out of the BP, and he was going to his car. Somebody came up and shot him nine times as he was laying there on the ground, and I've seen the video. As, he, as he's laying there on the ground, he pulls the gun out that I told him to get rid of, fires back, and that's, that's what saved his life because the gunman ran away and stopped shooting at him. So while he's laying there, shot nine times in broad daylight at a gas station in Penn Hills, what saved his life was the quote-unquote illegal gun that he possessed. And that's what saved his life,
0: and it was illegal. He's acknowledging yeah, that not, it's not a matter where he got. it. That's not mm-hmm. the important thing. But as far as he's concerned, mm-hmm. he'd rather go to jail, right, than wind up dead. And he, in his mind, and, he'd have and, been dead if he and, didn't care. And, it. and
1: listen, if he had taken my advice, I would. I would be. This would be an entirely different conversation, right? You know. So the big question is, you know, what happens in that situation? You know, what are kids to do because? As he and so many other kids say, I just care for protection. I don't want, I don't, I'm not gonna use this on anybody, but I'm ready to use it if someone shoots at me. I'm ready to protect myself. And I'll tell you, 90% of these kids aren't in any trouble. It's when they go to a party or they're on the street and someone is acting a fool or they're at a football game or they're just out with their girlfriend and somebody just starts trouble with them. Because that's the reality. And then the trigger and, becomes the, yep, the and, trigger. Yep, yep. And it becomes detrimental. Right. You know, social media is just taking over so much. You know, if someone, makes, someone makes fun of somebody on social media, that person can die the very next day. Because they're way more embarrassed. Mm-hmm. If you get beat up, It's one thing, but if you get beat up and it goes viral, 1 million people are laughing at you and commenting on you. And what does that do? That builds so much fuel to the fire. And what do you want to do? Well, you, you want to embarrass him and make him feel even worse. And so social media is the number one cause of gun violence. The number one cause
0: we are just getting started. On the city beat, and we're gonna do this each and every week from four until five right here. Jamal, I can't wait until next week, and I wish we could go for another five hours. Yeah, baby.
1: Let's let's go. Let's 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 go into the next show, man. Let's keep going, Rick. Just keep on cruising. (laughs) Keep on cruising. Jamal
0: Woodson, Rick Dayton, that's your city beat. And we've got a whole lot more for you. Every Wednesday from four until five. Jamal, you're the best. All right, man. Thanks for having me. You bet. Jamal Woodson with us here.